So, <laughs> welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. Oh, what's going on, there, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome on, and once again, back again, the Sports Buffoons back in the normal studio in Lenexa, Kansas. Here we are, rocking with you on Wednesday night. 
Uh, and um, it's good to have Tanner back with us once again. So Tanner Dawson to my right, Jason JG to my left. Um, how you fellas doing today? It's good to have Tanner back. It's good to have a damn drink every once in a while. I've been dry. Every once in a while? I've been dry for the last six months, I feel like. Ooh, that's, that's really good of you, man. It's good to have a it's damn drink. It's good to drink. have breaks. It's been six months, man. I know it's so in those of you out there listening. I mean, I hope you guys can do the same every once in a while. Just take a break from, you know, sip of, sips of alcohol. Cause I know you weren't like a, a big drinker beforehand anyway. So, I mean, it's just, you know, every once in a while, just throw one in there and right. you know, it's, it's a good Wednesday to do that kind of thing. It's not bad Speaking now. of drinking Tanner, um, I'd like to hear a little bit about your trip since obviously if you guys lost, uh, watched last week, uh, Tanner was in Milwaukee and it was just JG and I, back at the old shack uh what was as we're gonna call it the old shack headquarters it's the sideshow it's the sideshow after <laughs> the you know a different situation um but anyways you were out in milwaukee and tell us uh, how everything went down uh it was you know it was actually a blast honestly i've been milwaukee uh we got up sunday night got there arrived you know had some pretty good pizza up there it's basically st louis style is what it really was but it was it was still pretty good uh monday opening day for the brewers uh got to go to the game of course walk through the tunnels of course started drinking about 11 30 that morning um because why not it's opening day i uh, went to the game got to meet uh mikey uh from basement brewed fantasy football uh one of the less talk sports contributors and a guy i've talked to a bunch over this last year since meeting him got to meet him in person and talk with him uh you know hit my craft bar and made friends with the craft bar guy up there in second level um but they they won the game second day they lit up scherzer with that back to back to back on one of the best pitchers in baseball hit two more or hit one more back to back against the reliever they won that game got to see a, a grand slam happen as well from the rookies uh got to see a dramatic moment where they hit a walk-off home run to win the game uh you know it, you know, matchup and yeah, I mean, it was a blast. It was a pretty cool time. We got to brewery hop uh, throughout Milwaukee on Friday after helping my cousin out. And I actually got to meet sports dad. The, uh, let's talk. I think it's let's talk with sports dad. Uh, got to meet him. He was pretty cool too. So got to meet a few people, experience some few drinks, something I never tried anything twice. And uh, there was, I don't think any domestics either involved. So good. it was, it was a good time. Yeah. Most importantly, did you bring me back some Bucks tickets so I can go watch this round one at least? Bucks versus Atlanta. You know, I sent a couple of texts to my brother about that too because they had 76ers Sunday night in Milwaukee, and then they had a game Wednesday night when I was there. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to pull through with this guy to get any tickets, so we did not get any tickets for the. Bucks. So we'll get some finals tickets instead, right? In yeah, yeah. I, I think okay. I'm going to keep trying. So Tanner's know. got the hookup for all that stuff, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, big time. Right. And so what, out of all the breweries, Tanner, now I've never been to Milwaukee. Jason hasn't either. Um, what is the what is the best brewery you went to? Central Waters. Um, so that Hold was on the one now. you suggested. I recommended that one. Correct. So you, because you, you, you were out uh, doing your thing. And... Well, but I was also on my phone looking yeah. at the best rated reviewed breweries, breweries where you were at. And I was like, oh, shoot, you got to go over here. You got to you got to tell me what this is all about. Oh, so. the Milwaukee breweries has a really cool scene and all the breweries had really cool deals. Uh, you know, just scenery when you walk in Lakefront, one of the biggest ones there. They won like best beer tour uh, in like the last three or four years there. Uh, that was a really big, big place, uh, but a really great beer there. Um, but I think Central Waters would have to be the spot 
Um, it looks pretty cool setup. It's in the older building. Uh, a lot of their beers are the barley wine style. So, so it's, it's a microbrewery though. So it is a micro. Yes. They don't make a lot of the same beers more than once. No, but they, they they're, had they're a lot. rotating all the time. They had a beers. bunch on tap for being a microbrewery, a bunch on yeah, tap. That's, that's awesome. So I had, uh, you know, a couple of 14s there, walked down to pilot point, pilot, pilot point, uh, which is right down the way. They, they were all right. Pretty cool scenery there. And then, uh, finished up at third space. So, um, Scott wants to know how many brews did I hit? I think in total, cause I had Facklandia on the Wednesday or Thursday, uh, as well. So I want to say total, I probably hit six or seven, uh, around that range mm-hmm. and all, all really cool spots. Uh, Facklandia was actually, I walked up to that cause it's near where I stayed with my brother. And they are, that's the most nerdiest bar ever. I'm talking Dungeons and Dragons. They had BattleBots on the TV. And BattleBots, by the way, like, hey, I like amazing. a theme. I like a good theme. For I, I, a brewery. Yeah, it was perfect. Theme, themed breweries are the cool thing. Yeah, I met with right? the head brewer, met with the owner. I, you know, he kind of, we just talked about beers and stuff he had coming into play. He had a barley wine hop ready to go. And it's yeah, all manual. So, like, yeah. this is like, you know, the buckets that Mike and I, Mike, you know, the buckets we use. Like my buckets that we use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about that like 900 times bigger. And that's what they were using. And they were transferring everything manually. And it was still really good beer. Interesting. So uh, pretty cool spot. Yeah, very, very nice. I love hearing stuff like that. I mean, guys, obviously we're from Kansas City, the best football in the entire world. But we're not great at breweries. I'm not going to lie. And I'm not going to sit here and BS with you guys and tell you, oh, my gosh, the breweries are so good. Me Sorry. We're not that good. We're not that good at breweries. Our breweries are boring as fuck. Pretty average. And, um, you know, when you go to Milwaukee, you go to Tulsa, you go to Denver, especially Colorado, you go North Carolina, you go all these other places around the country, and you're going to find some badass breweries. And it's kind of sad to, to, to realize that here in Kansas City, it's the one thing we lack on. It's the one thing we're bad at that and designing roads. There's such opportunities. So just designing, so, opportunity. designing roads and breweries. How good were the Milwaukee breweries as compared to that one brewery that we went to in Tulsa, which was about a half mile from the porn store where there was just this Are you talking weird, about American there was a Solera. strange. American Solera? The, you remember that porn store where there's just a yeah. really strange <laughs> smell in there and I almost well. threw up. <laughs> I almost threw up in my well, mouth in that porn store. And then, but we went that, to a brewery right after that. It was a half mile away, and that brewery was pretty awesome. At least you are. Are the breweries better than that one or no? Yeah, I would say they're better than. Do they have any porn stores within walking distance? Um, I don't think within walking distance there. So, um, none that I encounter walking distance. Oh, so. okay. Well, that's probably a good thing. I don't want to smell that. Whatever that smell was, I'd never want to smell it again for the rest of my life. So props to Milwaukee for not having any porn stores within walking distance of those fucking breweries. Yeah, not that Tanner knows of, but if we ever go out there, we'll find them. That's for damn sure. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's a different story for a different day. Speaking of that, um, we had a different question from Scott, too, about the towels. Um, yeah, so he guys, says- what's the update on the towels real quick before we drop into sports? Remember, uh, how I, late, what's on? I was gone. I didn't participate. So, so I did. So I, I want to say I did make 14 days in a row and then I had to give the dog a bath. And guess what happened? I thought to myself, well, I've had this towel sitting here. It's clean. You know, even though I've used it for 14 days in a row, um, I'm just going to dry the dog off with this towel. <laughs> so once I dried off the dog, I felt like, OK, it's dirty now. And so. I so, lasted two weeks. That's what you do. Who, who is asking this damn question? Because I feel so it's Scott. Okay. 
at this point, are you guys just trolling me to see what the <laughs> fuck I'm going to say on the show? Because I I did not think I was going to have to answer this question ever again the rest of my prepared, life. Right? Now it's like every fucking week I have to answer this fucking question. Well, okay. now I didn't bring it up. Scott wanted to know. So for, for your information, Scott, I didn't want to have to answer this. But at this point, one of the towels has turned brown. And I, I don't really know how it happened. But... I will tell you that for future reference, don't use white towels because it shows up, whatever it is, whatever substance that is, it shows up a little bit faster when you use a white towel. So I did have one that turned brown and I I did, I had to throw it in the wash. So I, I lost whatever fucking contest you guys are running he, right now. He did state I he lost. is not trolling you at all. So. All right. I put it in the wash. I, I couldn't go any longer because the okay. towel fucking turned brown. <laughs> good good to know. We've all washed our towels by now. That's good to know. Uh, I'm heading off to Las Vegas uh, tomorrow morning. So I'll be out of here for a little while, you guys, going out there to have some fun. It is my sister's 21st birthday, so we'll be out there partying with her for a while. And seeing the parents, of course, as well. Bringing the girlfriend along. It's just going to be a wonderful time, I think. Um, so, you know, you being the gambling man, I mean, what should I be looking to do out there? Well, I just, first of all, where are you going to stay? That's what I need to do. Staying oh, in New, yeah. York, New York, New York. Okay. Hotel. Okay. On a strip. And you're you're a, a well-polished, shall we say, Baccarat player. So you're looking well, for I've, Baccarat tables I've out there. I've had my sessions. and Some good, some bad. But I, I'm getting better with age. I'll put it that way. Okay. So yeah, just look just look for the, the best baccarat table out there and just you know throw down twenty-five or fifty bucks a hand and see what happens. Yeah, sounds good, man. Tanner, you've not been out there in a long time. It's so been I, a while. We gotta get your butt back out there sometime soon. We gotta figure it out. Yeah. And uh get get maybe we'll do a buffoon's Vegas trip at some point and uh that'll be a badass time because it's been a long time since we've done something like that. And and European bathing pools. You you certainly well, you've already scoped those out by now, it's, it's I would still, imagine. It's still yeah. spring though, so it's windy out there. Are you going to be like that? Yes. Are you going to be like that one couple that we saw at my bachelor party that just full on had sex in the pool or are you going to oh be God. a little bit more respectable? <laughs> well, I'm not opposed to it, but I mean if if the opportunity strikes, as they said in 40-year-old virgin, you know, just uh, you know things could happen. So Scott says three card poker is good three so. card poker yeah yeah three card poker uh, i'm a big fan of roulette i like baccarat blackjack's cool um girlfriend loves slot machines i mean I'm, i'll probably join her for a few of those around as time goes on uh, it's not my favorite thing by any means but um otherwise man we're just out there just party kind of it's kind of it's another good question though just to uh kind of entertain ourselves here would you how drunk would you have to be mike you and your your girlfriend to actually have sex in the European bathing pool, or would you not have to be drunk at all? Would you do it sober? It would. There, first of all, here, here's the thing: it wouldn't happen because there'd be this like there's here's a level right here where it goes no, 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 too sober, too sober, and then too drunk to get hard, and that's what takes over at that point. And then at that point, it's not going to happen. So it's just it's just not going to happen. It's whether you know you get the moments where like mentally maybe you're like yeah maybe I would, but ah uh, I've had twelve drinks and now I can't do it. So well, I just wouldn't I wouldn't do it. The other question I have is like when we when we saw that couple having sex in the European bathing pool. We did that, see this. That was indeed ten years ago at my bachelor party. Yeah. Yes, JG has been married for ten years. That's another story. But more importantly, did they do away with sex in the European bathing pools after COVID? Because Ooh. if they did away with that shit after COVID, then we're all shit out of luck. I guess you can't do it yourself, and you can also not watch other people having sex in the European bathing pool. 
That, so I, I don't know. That's a question that maybe we should try to find out. Did they do away with that after COVID? Because I certainly don't want people to get COVID out there. I don't know if that's how spread, spread COVID. I don't know if that's how you spread COVID. Or no, maybe it was the monkeypox. That, that's a bigger problem. <laughs> maybe we don't want to get monkeypox when we're All in right. fucking Las Vegas. <laughs> let's, let's talk sports. Scott, <laughs> Scott says play the Monday Night Buffoon and Bakken's music oh track. And you should be fine. Thanks, God. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's the yakety sax maybe would do better but i do want to talk about it sport i want to talk about sports look, but we, we do have <laughs> on occasion those monkey pox do like to run rampant <laughs> all right well so guys as you saw the title <laughs> we gotta move along otherwise we'll never end this stupid conversation uh but we gotta move along so we're talking nfl draft today once again as always as you guys know uh since we're gonna be here live in kansas city so um, today, we're, last week, we actually we talked about some sleepers and guys to watch for that will be picked in the mid-rounds. Uh, today, I want to talk about some guys that we believe are going to be draft bust. And I think we've all had opinions over the years of as when the draft rolls around of who's going to be you know worthy of, worthy of early-round pick, who's going to end up sucking, so on. I was 100% correct about Darius Hayward Bay. Yes, did he end up having a couple decent years with the Steelers on the back end? He did. But I think anyone out there who had a common sense, just because you can run a 4-3 doesn't mean you're going to be a superstar receiver. But if you're the Raiders, you're dumb enough to make that choice and see what happens. <laughs> well, that was Darius Hayward Bay. It's pretty obvious. Hey, Scott, don't steal my guy. Don't say that yet. Just now. We're going we're gonna to get that. <laughs> don't be stealing my guy already, man. Um, we're going to talk about that for a minute. And then we have some NBA play-in talk. I am very excited right now because I was watching as we're bullshitting right now that the, 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 the Bulls just won their game against the Toronto Raptors, which was my bet. I just won $40. And on I told on you, air. I told you they were going to win with a minute or 45 seconds left. And you got fucking scared. I was like, dude, it's over. It's over. I won 40 bucks live on air while you guys That's were amazing. I, I got, I got excited about that. Anyways, guys, um, let's go ahead and drop in to the NFL draft talk for a few minutes here. Um, so obviously we have a draft coming up here, here in just a couple weeks. It's coming right up on us. Uh, not a whole lot of time left to spare. And I want to ask you guys, so looking at this situation of the draft of, you know, the fact that this quarterback class is nothing to really write home about, nothing to be excited about. Um, there's a few names out there where it's like it's a big boomer bust potential. Um, looking at the class of guys we have, in general to me, this draft class when it comes to offense and defense is average to below average mm -hmm. because we have a really good tight end group this year. The receiver group is irritatingly off. There's something off about it, kind of like the quarterback class. Something's off about it to where it's hard to find that standout receiver. Who's going to be the true WR1 of this year's class? Um, the running backs look pretty good, actually, um, mm -hmm. for the most part. I, I like the group we have at running back. Um, the cornerback situation looks pretty good. I think we have some good guys there on the outsides. Um, safeties, I'm not sure about at the moment. I, I'm kind of indifferent on that part. Um, there's a few good edge rushers in this class, but also some, you know, boomer bust type of prospects as well. So, correct. Um, it's kind of a mixed bag. This is not my favorite class we've ever had by any means. Um, so I'll ask you guys, Tanner, if you want to start, yeah, I can start on <clears throat> who would be the number one prospect we see in this draft. It's being looked at as a, you know, top three round pick that you think is going to be an absolute bust going forward in the NFL that your team, your favorite team, Scott, if anyone else out there listening should be avoiding at all costs. I actually got three players, but I'll, I'll give you one right now. Um, so we can all go around. 
I won't give you my big one yet because I got actually two big ones for you. My first of the three, Trenton Simpson of Clemson, linebacker, 6'3", 225. Look, this is a guy that's played all three years. Uh, really ramped up his uh, last couple of years here. He had a great 2021 season, 12 and a half loss, uh, tackles for a loss, six and a half sacks, you know, solo assist at 42, 33, total tackles 65. So he had 2022 last year, his tackle, total tackles went up, his assist tackles went up, his solos were only down by one. But the issue that I'm seeing here, the trend that I'm looking at, is his production on getting off the line here. His loss for tackles went from 12 and a half to four. And his sacks went from six and a half to two and a half. Yes, this could be due to other players that have entered the team. But when you're a top 100 prospect, basically coming in the draft here, those numbers shouldn't be dropping off like that, especially when you know you're getting plenty of playing time on that Clemson team for this. So that's kind of my first guy here that I could see get drafted high and end up being a big bust is, you know, maybe due to size, due to speed, due to footwork. But that, I mean, just seeing that production alone there kind of kills it there. So I'm going Trenton Simpson as my first one. Nice. Okay. Good, good start off there. I totally get the understanding of that whole thing. Um, Scott stole my thunder, obviously, as I pointed out a minute ago. Uh, he was my first one on my list. Uh, Will Levis absolutely makes no sense to me. He is basically what Blaine Gabbert was a few years ago when he's coming out of Mizzou. Um, we got a guy right now who, you know, you know, looking at the uh, size and everything looks mm-hmm. good on paper when you look at it that way, I suppose. But then again, a lot of quarterbacks do. I mean, we got to look past that and really understand what kind of player this guy is. And it's kind of frustrating to watch and, and see because we're sitting in a draft class right now where there's some top teams right now picking who are quarterback hungry. They want to have a young quarterback for the future. Same time, why would you hitch your, your quarterback of the future to a guy that's going to set you back two years? And we usually always say it would set you back three years. Well, in today's NFL, we're a little less patient. Two years is probably about how much it sets you back, a.k.a. the Jets with Zach Wilson. Um, Will Levis just doesn't make sense to me. And most of his production came against weaker teams, by the way. So, I mean, if you're looking at a guy who's 23 years old. Um, he had 23, 23 interceptions as well over the past couple of years. And um, I just think that there's some things about him that are not going to fit in well with the NFL system and style. Um, you know, like I said, good height, weight, all that kind of stuff. But then again, Blaine Gabbert had the same thing. And I see something very, very similar here. We're all getting excited and overhyping a prospect when, you know, we're, we're worried about, you know, the, the size of, uh, of Bryce Young and maybe the lack of experience of Anthony Richardson, who could also be a boomer bust prospect. Um, but no, he's just, he's one of those guys to me that doesn't make sense in the NFL. And uh, it's just, it's not going to really click for him. And it's, if it does, it's going to be as a backup in year three or four. And that'll be the most he ever reaches, in my opinion. I, I like that pick <clears throat> just for the fact that the inconsistency of winning in the SEC was a huge theme for Will it, with Kentucky, right? It was a, it was kind of a rough go where he kind of relied on defense and his playmakers around him to get over a couple of these humps. So uh, I, I like that pick there. He is kind of a boomer bust, probably more in the bust range. But I, I will say that his combine looked pretty amazing. Uh, but I don't, again, that's without the pressure and everything else going to that. So I, I like that one. Yeah, there's just a lot of question marks left about the guy. And that's, that's my main problem right now about him. Um, and uh, I just, I, I don't fully understand the hype around him at the, at the moment. Um, and we have teams right now talking about him going, somewhere in the top 10 
And I don't think he's worthy of top 10 or even first round. Yeah. I don't think he's worthy of second round. I think he's more of a third or later type of pick. I think he is a career backup personally. Yeah. I think there are a few teams out there that are willing to take the risk on Will Levis because he's six foot four, 230 pounds. You guys already went through the numbers. The guy's got a huge arm. He can make special throws. He's got that quick release. And so somebody will make the bet on Will Levis. But uh, this this guy's got bust written all over him. He he kind of reeks of a guy that I used to call Cuddy in Jay Cutler. And that's that's what I kind of think about when I think about Will Levis. You know, we all thought, you know, greatly of Jay Cutler back in the day because that he had that giant arm, great size. But uh, we all know what Jay Cutler turned out to be, which was a little bit of a bum. And so, um, yeah, not to bag on Will Levis too much, but I will talk about the other quarterback that you guys just alluded to in Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida. To me, this pick, if you make it, is it's basically another Trey Lance type of pick because the guy holds the ball too long. He's very erratic down the field, doesn't do too well against the pass rush. And so Anthony Richardson, for me, is another bust candidate. So the thing with Anthony Richardson is that, you know, speaking of, he, he had the best, one of the best quarterback combines of all time. He did. Uh, he looked on good. a, he beat, on a, you, know, uh, you know, got fit. Skill by skill I mean, he, the guy was also one of those tough runners in football and in college as well. Um, I, to me, I look at that kind of guy and I've always talked about this in the past now about him being a guy that is going to be, Someone who a really good coach sees as a project that he can fix. Because if you can fix Anthony Richardson, you can make him into a superstar. But the problem is you have to have someone who knows what the hell they're doing with the quarterback like him. And uh, most of these coaches have a little inflated egos. You know, so it's it's a little more difficult than, than maybe they see on paper. So uh, he's got to go to the right system. Maybe like uh, Sean Payton, would he throw him behind uh, Russell Wilson? Uh, or Hawkins has a uh, best fit for Richardson's in Seattle. So, and yeah, he Seattle. also says Will Levis is uh, and Lynch. So Ooh, that's <laughs> brutal, man. Right. Well, well, yeah. Will Levis is basically Paxton Lynch. I'm I'm all on board with that. I I at least gave him Jay Cutler. I mean that. That's <laughs> well, yeah, wish, Jay that's Cutler wishful played for a long game. time he in this play, league. Uh, so, by the way, uh, that was one of my big ones with Anthony Richardson as well or as a as a bust. Um it's a guy that essentially has a one year wonder in his in his key, not even that great of a season either. Right? Couldn't handle like the expectations of Florida. Florida's supposed to be this, you know, not the Alabama style SEC team, but a competitive SEC team and being ranked. They couldn't even handle that this year. Uh, and Richardson was part of that issue there with that. So I'm going I, I think it's more of kind of a you know, we saw him build up from 20 to 21 to now he had his starts last year. I just, I just don't think there's enough behind him to be able to be successful. Yeah. I agree with Bodkins. there, saying that if Levis turns out to be Jay Keller, that's a success because I heard <laughs> Jay Keller was a starter in the NFL for, you know, a long time, maybe a decade or so. Yeah. So, I mean, that's I, a long I career. See why that would be technically, you, technically you, a success. you need a little bit better than that though. In today's NFL, you need yes. a quarterback. That's going to be not just a starter, a guy that's going to be able to compete. And, uh, you know, Will Levis, maybe he could compete in the NFC. No, nah, that's just not going to happen if he goes to the Colts oh, and tries to see in the AFC. I mean, you might as well just give up. He's a career backup. I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys that right now. 
and then we'll move along. I, I my next one on my list, I have Dewan Jones. I don't know some of you guys out there asking about him all the time. I've been asked by multiple friends through text about Dewan Jones. Um, the offensive tackle from Ohio State, you know, six foot eight, three hundred seventy-five pounds. Sounds very intriguing. You know, it's fun to look at giant guys. That's 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 a great thing. I I totally get it. Um, the the problem is with a guy like him is that it's not going to fit well in certain styles of offense. Yep. And a guy like him is going to fit well with very particular teams. And maybe those teams can reach higher for him than others would. Some teams are going to look at him and say, oh, we can get him to drop weight. You know, drop weight and maybe you could fit in and work with him. And, you know, we have good old offensive line coaches that could get him and believe in him because, like I said, there's there's going to be certain scouts and offensive line coaches out there that are going to be sitting there begging going, oh, my gosh, give me this guy. Like, you know, whatever it takes to get this guy on our team, on our roster. And at the end of the day, he's not going to fit every style of offense that comes along. So for me, um, Dewan Jones is going to fit on a couple different teams in this league. If he goes to anyone else out of the other 30 teams available, um, it's going to be a disaster. And it's going to be a, a very quick learning experience for Mr. Dewan Jones yes. in the NFL going against true pass rushers that know what the hell they're doing. Not just a bunch of college guys in the Big Ten. Um, that's my that's one of my guys that's going to be a, a major bust in this league. And I, you know, if he comes out and goes into training camp and is committed to losing 20 to 25 pounds, that's going to be a big step in the right direction. Because that's what's going to need to happen before anything goes any further. We're not looking at Jonathan Ogden, you guys. No. This is not Jonathan Ogden. This is not Phil Lodeholt. This is this guy needs a lot of work and he's got slow feet. Slow feet against today's edge rushers ain't gonna work well for you. So Dewan Jones, who's looked at right now, is going in, you know, somewhere in that second, third round area to me. Um, you're looking at a guy who's probably gonna be out of the league very, very quickly if you cannot get down For, more into the 350 range 42 right now is the bit is around the area so right so if it's if it's an early second or mid second look his uh it's DeJuan, not gonna work Dewan jones athleticism as well it's not there he gets no. beat by faster uh outside guys easily. but i understand the intrigue i understand why yeah. everyone is I mean, asking six, about eight, this guy 374 mm-hmm. it sounds cool on give paper i know but like why not give it a shot you know at that point but no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take an early pick. It doesn't me. work that way. You need athletic offensive linemen at times, and yeah, especially especially today's game in certain situations. I mean, like I said, there's a couple teams in this league that maybe he can work with right now, but it's not going to last. So that's that's all I'm going to say. Dewan Jones is someone you want to your team, your team listening to stay away from at all cost. Yeah. What else do you guys have? I'll go to the edge position, and I'm going to talk about Will Anderson from Alabama. Um, this guy to me is going to be a bust because the guy only runs a four, six at 243 pounds. Um, he lacks, seems like he lacks desire at times. He takes a few plays off here and there. And so that doesn't strike me as like a really good NFL player. He He also depends a little bit too much on his bull rush. And so I feel like that's that's potential bust for me at the edge position. I don't mind that as much because it is possible there. If you look at his 21 season, he played 15 games and it was like 56 solo, 45 assists, 101 total, 31.0 uh, in the loss range and 17 and a half sacks. And last year it was 24, 27, 51, 17 and 10. There just wasn't the same amount of results into this player from last year. I'm I'm all right with that. 
Yeah. So basically, you guys are in agreement on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I have one more edge for you guys to talk about real quick. Uh, Miles Murphy from Clemson is one of my next guys on my list. Um, so the, my main main reason for him is in general is that he's looked at kind of in that second round pick area, maybe late first ish area. Um, I just looked at him. He kind of soft on film in general. I mean, I thought the guy was kind of weak against the run. Um, he's just kind of struggled to set the edge at times. Um, but yet he's looked at as a potential first it's, round grade in some people's eyes. But it's the size and the long arms that get him right so, so high. So similar to the physical attributes, kind of yeah. outweighing who you really are. Yeah. You know, we see guys we see that happen all the time where we spend too much time worrying about long arms and height and weight and speed and all this other stuff. Meanwhile, you got, you know, guys like Jerry Rice who ran a four seven. You got Emmett Smith out there who wasn't the fastest by any means and I'm having the most yards of all time. And yes, I, guys, I know behind the, the greatest offensive line of all time. I get it. I'm just saying like <laughs> you, we worry about all these little things here and there. And, you know, if, then you have like you know, Anquan Bolden come along and guy who doesn't really test well, but just does all the things right. And that's the guys really stand out. There's a reason why Antonio Brown didn't go till oh, was it the fifth round. I mean, th- there's things like that all the time. And we worry about those little things. And we're trying to find this prototype here and there and these long arms and all this other kind of stuff. And it's just sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes it's, it's we overlook the the simple things of who's a football player. And when I look at the guy, a guy like Miles Murphy, I just don't see a football player on film when I when I watch Clemson. When I've watched some of his tape, and I I've I've watched games against Georgia, Iowa State, North Carolina State. Those are the games I watched of of him. And I just I the motor is kind of off. I see a lot of jogging going on. Um, pass rush moves are pretty basic for the most part. Um, and just in general, kind of a soft guy that can be pushed off. And that's not the kind of guy you want to be having control your line on the defense. So, I totally agree with you. One of my on, guys totally agree with you on miles Murphy, just lacks flexibility and making adjustments and also too many missed tackles. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think we probably all agree on that guy. He's probably going to be a little bit of a bust here. Yeah, he was my other Clemson guy for sure. <clears throat> in that one uh so i got one for you because we talked you talked about the wide receivers being kind of a boom or bust in some spots right and there's a lot of could be good could really bust out i mean i know we kind of like this guy last year but jalen hyatt wide receiver tendency six foot 175 this is a big bust year for he that he had last year extreme extreme on the extreme measures and, you know this is a, a small guy not you know, not built to be hit up the middle. And if you're six foot 175, you're probably be going up the middle as a slot guy more times than not. I don't see first off how he, how he handles that kind of, you know, the, the, uh, what do I say? The, the strength of the defenses that he's going to have to go against on top of that. Can he, you know, be anything remotely close to what he was last year, you know, especially on an average team that he's possibly going to, I Jalen Hyatt, look, I, I like the guy. I love what I saw on tape and everything, but he's another guy I really worry about from a physical attribute uh, spotlight, but also can he take this year that he had in 2022 and bring it into the NFL, his rookie year, or even any other year going to play. So uh, Jalen Hyatt, he's another guy that I have circled. So one of the main reasons for you on him is playing strength, basically. It's from the sounds Correct. of it. Like he's not in a lot like, of ways. Like uh, he, he because he has a kind of a small frame. He's six feet, but he's one seventy five. Correct. I mean, we we've seen a lot of players Snoop. come along this league. Snoop Who, Minutes, right? Snoop. 
Snoop Menace? We're gonna go back. We're gonna talk about Snoop Menace. Snoop? Hold on now. Snoop? Hold on. Now we're going I'm, too far. I'm talking with, way with too skinny. I'm just saying, like, this is a guy like his straight line speed's great and everything. His hands are, are usually great. He has struggled his uh, for, uh the year before, but again, this is this might be a one hit wonder deal. Well, he also could just be a big play guy. Like, I mean, you, you, we've talked about comparisons to Deshaun Jackson and, you know, maybe a Will Fuller that knows how to catch the ball. I mean, that's kind of maybe this kind of style this guy's going to be. I mean, he's not going to be your guy that's going to catch probably 105 passes. That's very doubtful. No, no. Um, But he's going to be more of your outside type of receiver. So, like, I don't see him being a slot guy by any means. Uh, The Chiefs have a current slot guy in Sky Moore who's really 5'9, 175 pounds himself. Not a very big guy by any means, and that's their current starter at the position. Um, and so, you know, I think Jalen Jalen High is going to make a make a good impact somewhere on the outside, mainly doing those vertical threat routes, stuff like that. That's going to be kind of his ball game that he kind of thrives in. Um, but I also understand some of the the boomer bust potential in that. I mean, mm-hmm. I brought up earlier in the show about Darius Hayward Bay. Darius Hayward yeah. Bay literally knew how to run one route, and even then, he wasn't good at it. Um, I think Hyatt's a little better than that, obviously. I mean, I obviously think that he can develop more. I think a little, um, but he could also be your next he, Hayward Bay, a fast he, guy that can break out. I mean, but so here's the thing. If we're going to look at him and say maybe he's not worthy, does that mean the quarterback Hendon Hooker is worthy? Because obviously if he made who, – who made who in this situation? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? The chicken and the egg. Who made who? I mean is, – Is Hendon Hooker now all of a sudden should be in consideration for being one of the top quarterbacks despite the age? Um, just or is it the fact that Hyatt's actually a really damn good receiver? Hendon Hooker was made who he was in this past season because of the ability of what Hyatt can contribute in the deep ball game. Um, so that's something you want to ask yourself a little bit when talking about these guys as quarterback receiver comparison. Who was really the great one? When we look at Jamarcus Russell back in the day, he had Craig Davis, he had uh, Dwayne Bowe, he had early Doucette, all on that LSU roster at, at ride receiver. And we want to talk about like, oh my God, Jamarcus Russell with all these all these abilities he had. Well, he also had a pretty good receiver group. I mean, Dwayne Bowe ended up having a really good career at the Chiefs. Uh, early Doucette was okay. Craig Buster Davis played with the Chargers for a few years, but there was a lot of parts there to that team that made Jamarcus Russell who he was at the college level that he could not replicate in the NFL. So, so Hendon Hooker was with him as well in 2021 when you know he had his very two touchdowns, 226 yards. Not very much, so I think it's. I think you might be looking more of a hook, Hendon Hooker, looking at his next man up, as he lost one of his senior wide receivers that year. So, I, it would be Lewis Jones Jr. Right, leaving. I went to the year. Bears. Yep. So I think that might it might be Hooker just saying, "Hey, next man up, it's either Tillman or Hyatt," mm-hmm. and he, you know, went with Hyatt a lot more, who got more opportunities. So now, so do you have any preference on the receivers there between Cedric Tillman from Tennessee or Hyatt? I mean. Is one more reliable than the other, or should we just is it a crapshoot? I think it's a crapshoot either way. Okay, I'll be honest with you. I'm not like both numbers. Like Tillman didn't perform this year very well, even with Hyatt exploding on the other side. Um, I, I just I don't know. Like the wide receivers for Tennessee, I'm just not trusting right now. I think one of them turns out to be really good. I think one of them does. I think for sure. You guys already know I like Hyatt, but I think one of them turns out to be really good. I'm not counting out out Tillman at all in this. So. Okay. I'll just say that. Uh, next guy on my list, real quick, you guys. Um, it's going to be kind of a surprise, maybe, because I talked about him positively all going up leading up to this. Is well, truth, truth be told, you did. Truth be told, who is it? Nolan Smith, the linebacker from Georgia, is really? next on my list as a 
bust. Bust, bust candidate that your team's going to reach for because of the athleticism score. And a lot of teams yeah. are going to do this. I mean, we're, we're looking at a guy right now who has an injury history with Mr. Nolan Smith. Um, and as much as I love the fact that he ran a 4.39 at the Combine, the guy's athletic score is just off the charts. I mean, his 10-yard was a 1.52, vertical 41.5. His broad jump was a uh, 128 inches. I mean, he's got everything you want in a linebacker slash edge rusher other than he's 6'2", 238. So you know he's a little undersized in that well, in that kind of realm. You know what I mean? Uh, how's he going to do against the run? Well, he's actually not bad against the run by any means. My main issue with Nolan Smith, he's actually played four years for Georgia. Yeah. He was brought on <laughs> as, a, as a highly recruited guy and has had injury concerns all along. And um, I just I have a problem with a guy who's who's going to be coming in to uh, you know eventually become a, uh, a a full-on standalone you're my number one pass rusher type of guy and yet the most you've ever done in one season in college was three and a half um for that, sacks that three and a half sacks four four and a half on 2021 and 21 oh yeah. that that must include a uh, playoff ball oh yes with Sorry. that too yeah. as well so yep. okay that makes sense okay yeah that makes sense i mean i i have a problem with the uh, the bust potential of a guy like nolan smith because we're going to become so obsessed with the fact that he's so damn fast for for such a, a great size uh, and playing that kind of position that we're going to forget about the football player. And to me, injuries are a problem. The Chiefs had a guy that was the exact same size as Nolan Smith not that long ago. And I'm not going to say I was, I was excited about D. Ford, but D. Ford was that guy. He was the exact same size as Nolan Smith. D. Ford spent his entire career with the Chiefs either fucking up against run defense or just getting injured. That's all he did for the Chiefs. He had yep. one season with the Chiefs where he did have, I think, 10 sacks, which was amazing. I mean, we were all excited about that 10-sack season. I'll bet you were. Also, if you ran, <laughs> also, if you ran at him, he was going to run the other way. He did. We, we, have, we have actual every footage time. of that happening. <laughs> there was, there was, this actually happened, guys. Every time. He actually ran literally the other direction at one point. I remember watching that. Against the 49ers. Yep. Um, so... With that said, I mean, I'm not saying Nolan Smith's going to run the other way by any means, but I think that we need to look at that and understand the whole perspective of what this player is and what he's worthy of because we're looking at this guy as being a potential mid-round first pick, right? Or first-round pick right now. And I'm not going to hitch my wagon to Nolan Smith in that early. Is the upside there? Sure. It sounds cool, right? It sounds like Bruce Irvin. Would you spend a first-round pick on Bruce Irvin? He was a first-round pick. Was he worthy of it? Somebody did it. Somebody, there's always I mean, a sucker. There's always a sucker in the, the NFL. The Seahawks had Bruce Irvin during their Legion of Doom. I mean, he was yeah. there. He was part of that defense on the D-line. He was a specialized edge rusher who couldn't do anything but rush the edge. That's it. <laughs> was he worth it? I don't know. I can't truly answer that question to you guys because there You'll was never else, know. There was You'll nothing never else know. he could do besides that. Serious. He yeah. was on the Legion of Doom. You're never going to know if that was worth well, it or not. Sure. You never <laughs> I mean, yeah. solidified it there. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just don't, I can't answer that question. Nolan Smith to me just seems like a guy that needs to go to the right team in the right situation and, and be used in the right moments. A third down specialized pass rusher um, that you're not going to want out there full time. You're not going to want a guy that's going to be out there playing 75% of the snaps. You're not going to have a guy who, you know, the, the, the Chiefs would trust to have come on this team and be like, okay, you go out there and start opposite of George Karloftis. 
And we, you know, we know how we feel about George Carl Loftus, or at least Ooh. I do. He's amazing. Carl Loftus, Carl Loftus coming this next year is about to play about 90% of the snaps. At you the, need a clone. We need a Carl Loftus clone. Nolan right? Smith is not going to play 90% of anything, of anywhere, <laughs> of any team. So I'm, that's my reason for Nolan Smith being a bust potential candidate because I, I just don't, I just don't like the fit really on most organizations, especially with where he's being drafted, because we're talking about a mid first. He probably deserves to go somewhere in the third, early third, early third. I could get down with you guys. Does he have a good motor? At least does he have a good it's not motor? Bad. Like I mean, it's not a bad motor by any means, not a bad motor by any means. Um, Scott says, where does, where do I think Nolan Smith's going to go? Um, Gosh, I haven't I haven't looked at the so, mid-range mocks right now lately, but I, I feel like he's an Atlanta guy. So yeah, so some yeah, reason sixteen, right? So around sixteen is where he's projected at right now. Sure. And around that area, you have fourteen Patriots, Green Bay, Washington at sixteen, Pittsburgh, Lions, Tampa, and then Seahawks at twenty. If you really want that. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I like any of those fits right now in that range. Could we see um, maybe a team like the Eagles at 10 reach for a guy like that? Well, only reason I would say yes is because of the overaging of their D-line. I mean, yeah. that, that D-line's getting old, and I could see that being yes because of the fact of the D-line. And he doesn't need to play every down. So actually, that would be a pretty good fit because you don't need to be a full-time starter. You can actually rotate in. And it would actually fit right. pretty well. I think I think Eagles is not a bad choice. So on Tankathon, their latest mock draft here, they got Jalen Carter going six to the uh, Detroit Lions. So that's an interesting one. Remember back in the day, the, all the Lions did was draft D line and receiver. That's, that's <laughs> all, are we, are we yeah. still, we're just going to stick with that forever. The occasional corner. Is that all they do? <laughs> so, how how far did they get? Did that did they accomplish anything with that strategy? <laughs> well, we're, we're, We'll talk to Smoke and JB about that. He's not going to any of those teams. <laughs> Scott, where do you think that he's going? So yeah, I'm, I'm curious where you guys think Nolan Smith's going. I I didn't mean to go on a full on rant about that whole thing, but I've seen this kind of pe- these these kind of people come into the league many times now, and uh, it's just a disappointment. And um, as much as I sat here for a few weeks and talked about Nolan Smith being an, an interesting, entertaining prospect, because who doesn't love a guy that can run a four three nine at D end? Sounds yeah. great, doesn't it? Well, you might be able to beat Dewan Jones on the outside, rush on the edge, because he's not going to block your ass. <laughs> so I'm telling That's you right sure. now, he's a bigger bust than anything Nolan Smith would be. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things to think about, you guys. Yeah. Anyways, that, those are my guys that I wanted to bring up. Uh, like do we it. have anyone, anyone else on our list? I don't have anybody. Uh, I'll give you that. one more. Um, just to just to throw a running back in there, I'll give you Sean Tucker out of Syracuse, five foot nine, nice. two hundred seven pounds. He runs a four three, so a lot of there will be a few NFL teams kind of falling over themselves to draft a running back that runs a four three. I don't like the drop rate at thirteen point seven percent. I don't like his pass protection, and I also question his vision. And so I think. You know, while I like the speed, I do think he's a potential bust candidate. Right. The speed sounds good on paper. He ran a, he ran a 4-3-3 recently. Um, yeah, he's coming off an injury, which is why he was not invited to the combine. Um, I also agree with about the vision pro- problem. I mean, he's only got two years of production. Um, even then, it was not anything to, like, ride home about. Um, there's just a lot of other running backs in this class that are more intriguing to me. 
than a five nine two oh seven Sean Tucker. Not that I hate the prospect by any means. It's just I it's not there's other guys that are better. There's other guys that are better that uh should be rated higher than he currently is, which in most people's case has him rated in the top ten of all running backs in this class. I'd probably put him closer to the top twenty. Yeah, I would say top twenty two. So Scott yeah. says Seattle for uh Nolan Smith. So yeah, I mean uh Maybe, maybe they see him as an expert servant, as we talked about. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> they're they're in a rebuild. Just draft whoever the fuck you want. It doesn't matter. All right. True that. True that. But they, but then that means you got to have more playing time for a guy like Nolan Smith. If you're in a full rebuild. I mean, it's just you guys gonna get shoved around for a while in the beginning stages. Get, at least. get Gino some help. Damn it, he's a great player. Oh, it's it's about to be a problem out there in Seattle. <laughs> You know, guys, I, I love the fact Geno Smith had an, an amazing year. This Get him some year. fucking help. It's it's about to become a quick decline and kind of a mirage of what we thought yeah. we were seeing. And I, I hate to say that, but it's just it, it's going to be a problem down the down the stretch of the the Seahawks with Geno situation. So, um, guys, like I said, um, NBA talk. I was excited about my win on the bill. Or, God, I keep saying the Bills. <laughs> Bills. Early, <laughs> earlier, I said the Chicago Bears were playing. Well, I was just being a dumbass. You got da bears confused with da bulls. Well, I have been watching. You know, I'm I'm all in NFL mindset still. So NBA playoffs upon us, of course. And you have some questions about the play-in situation going on. I got to watch Snoop Dogg a little bit ago talking on air on ESPN during the live uh, Bulls and Raptors game, and you know he, his his thoughts are you know. You know, the biggest dog left in this whole thing is Steph Curry. Uh, he, he is the closest thing to Kobe left in the NBA anymore. But I know you got some things to talk about, Jason. Hey, Jason, so. real quick, the update right now, Thunder, New Orleans, it's 10.30 left in second. It's 35.32 Oklahoma City currently. Just an update. Yeah, so that's an interesting game. I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that because we all think of, like, these 9-10 games as just – utterly meaningless which in fact they are but we got to keep it interesting on the show and so i thought who do you guys think the more interesting team is who do you think the better team is because we're sitting here watching okc versus the pelicans and the big story today was why the fuck is zion williamson not on the court because he told the media that he's, he's healthy 100 healthy he's healthy just doesn't necessarily feel like playing right now and so he I mean, like, he's not he's not coming back till he feels like zion yeah till zion. yeah i mean so i guess we could lead into this discussion and just start with zion just for a couple of moments here because i i want to compare him to a couple of guys like because everybody in the media is automatically running to ben simmons right now and they're saying that this guy is the next ben simmons He's not right mentally, and we don't know anything about that, so I hate to speculate on that sort of thing. But the other option, which a guy like, and I, I didn't hear this at all today, but the moment that he was drafted by New Orleans, the guy that I had in my mind was Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. So do you, do you think this guy is more like a Ben Simmons where this is going downhill really, really fast, or do you think he's more of a guy like Anthony Davis who – is going to show flashes of superstardom, but never really pan out because he either can't stay healthy or doesn't necessarily. I mean, he could be a combination of Anthony Davis and Ben Simmons, but 
I think he's more Anthony Davis. I, I think he, he's not a guy that's just going to quit like Ben Simmons, but I think he's more of a guy like he just, we don't really know what to ex- expect from him. He's got a lot of money at this point. He's got a guaranteed contract of somewhere between two and $300 million. So he's got his money, but what's going on with his mind right now? Because I think this is Anthony Davis 2.0 because he's, you know, obviously got a lot more upside than Anthony Davis did, but not by much. We all thought that Anthony Davis was going to be like a perennial, perennial top five player in the league. Before y'all, yeah. You know, when he first came to the league, I mean, we kind of, I kind of feel like we, we thought he was almost as good as what we thought Zion would be, but he just immediately started getting injured. And so you guys think he's more Zion or do you think he's more Anthony Davis or is he more Ben Simmons? I could be wrong, but that seems like it's more of a thing with the big guys. It seems like the big guys are the ones that have more of a problem of coming into the league and being sustainable well, and like proving themselves. I could be wrong. Big guys like to find. Well, just guys. I'm thinking about like the like the uh, six, the Greg the Greg Odins of the world. Those kind of so guys. Your centers. And stuff. Yeah, the centers and stuff like that. I'm thinking about those kind of guys. They're all bigs, right? And I know that Ben Simmons is a point guard, but he's fucking six foot ten. So they're six. all all these guys Anybody are the same six, fucking six size and above. And, and that's why I'm comparing the three of them because in the NBA in the modern day NBA, we don't really talk about position as much. It's just like throw the best guys on the floor, you know, like Ben Simmons is six foot 10, but we don't really care that he's a point guard. Can the guy fucking play? And he was an elite defender. Um, Zion Williams is Zion Williams is an, an elite all around player. Yeah. And so I, I, my, my hope for him is that he turns out to be an Anthony Davis type to where he's going to at least have some, production but my fear is he's going to be more like what you just said mike greg odin or uh, a ben simmons and uh, that, i don't really i don't really know what's worse i think ben simmons is worse because he's i think so more healthy than greg odin was but i'm just like you know in terms of the the game that's going on right now i just feel like without zion williamson that was a huge distraction I mean, if your players on that team, you got to sit there and listen to this shit all fucking day before you're getting ready to play a game. I personally think the best player on the floor in this game is Shea yeah. Gilgis Alexander because yeah. the dude is averaging 31, 5 and 5. He's the most underrated superstar in the NBA right now. Nobody ever talks about him because he plays for the Thunder, averaging one and a half steals, one block per game. If I had to make a pick, I think the Thunder are going to win this game. I think they are the better team because they have the best player on the floor. But, uh, you know, again, it's a play-in game, so who really gives a fuck? Also, he led the league in 30-plus point games this season. Yes, he did. 45 games this season, more than anybody else in the entire league. So that's pretty awesome, right? No, no, we could could sit there and talk about, like, well, yeah, he's the best player on the worst team. And maybe make that a point like Russell Westbrook did at one point, hitting all those triple-doubles. You know, where he was like literally the only player on that team worth the crap. But same time, this guy's actually dominant. I mean, if you go to field goal percentage and so on, the guy's actually pretty damn dominant. So uh, it's, it's awesome to see. How old is that guy, by the way, Jason? 20, what, two, 23? Really? He's he was he was perfect. drafted by the Clippers, and then yeah. the Clippers traded him to get Paul George, which okay, that, you know, that was an okay trade. I mean, I understand what they thought Paul George was going to be able to do alongside Kawhi Leonard hasn't really panned out yet. Probably not going to pan out against the Phoenix suns, but uh, you know, 
it, it was an okay trade on paper, but in hindsight, obviously you would have kept Shea Gilgis Alexander because Paul George is not on the on floor. Right. What are your thoughts? Um, on AD and Ben Simmons comparison, I'm going more of the, uh, probably the Ben Simmons route more than not. Um, you know, when you, when you hear a guy, you know, when he, when he says that kind of stuff, like, Hey, I'm healthy. I'm just not feeling Zion. I, that just maybe reflects back to what Simmons is going with, with the fans and everything like that. He didn't want to go out and play and get bashed by all the fans. And he was having mental issues. Like he's a, he's a guy that sure. He's a kid that had a lot of pressure in Duke, uh, performed very well with it. I thought came into the league as another guy that some people compared to, you know, could be the next, you know, what Andrew Wiggins supposed to be as well. The next possible LeBron, the next superstar to carry across the league. And I think the pressure just built up on him. Some of what Ben Simmons did, you know, another former big, big time star that's supposed to walk in and be this thing. Uh, look, I, I'm hoping there's a scratch of AD in this where he just comes back, you know, after maybe a couple of years after up and downs and just dominates the floor. But this is, this is kind of scary. It's kind of looking more like a Ben Simmons mental situation more than not right now. Totally agree with you on that. And at some point it becomes like a, just a mental issue where you just can't overcome the pressure because with Ben Simmons, the whole world is sitting there looking at you and saying, dude, why can't you shoot? What the hell's wrong with you? And with Zion, it's like, dude, why can't you stay healthy? Yeah. You know, and it's like, why? And in some cases, and I've heard this before, why can't you lose weight? Well, and maybe, maybe that, that's a combination of Zion right now that's, where it's a, a mental statitude. But of, these players, dude, they take it they personally. To, yeah. They take it personally. And it's just like when you have the media and everybody else on your ass like that, it's very, very difficult to overcome when you're in the limelight like that, you know, and it's, it's possible what it could be for being Zion. What he's stating is like, he's not, in sh you know, he's not in the shape he wants to be. Uh, he's not, maybe, maybe he didn't think he performed the well, as well as he should have before he got hurt. You know, it could have been, it could be an all combinations as a player of what goes on, uh, on this, in this guy's mind. And, you know, Andrew, we, uh, we talked about Andrew Wiggins, uh, JG and I, right. And on the Saturday show, where this guy is off possibly, you know, having a mental issue as well. He's not now that, or is that a family? So issue? that's, that's been debunked, right? Oh, it did so it? that, oh, that, I didn't hear it. that was something whether it was like a family member that oh, was, okay. had some health issues. So it was a family then. So the, the thing about Andrew Wiggins is that he's back. Okay. Like, and I, I don't, he doesn't strike me as a guy that would have shown up for work unless everything was okay. At least trending in the right direction. So, and the thing about Andrew Wiggins is the guy's already been in the league since what, like 2014. Yep. And he, gosh, what is that? Like nine years, he's already been in the league eight, nine years. The guy has already proven himself. He's already got a championship. So I wouldn't really throw Andrew Wiggins into that mix, but yeah, I mean, uh, feel sorry for whatever, whatever Whatever's Zion's going, going through right now, but let's move on to the, the two, seven matchups that are going to happen. We're not going to really hit on Atlanta versus Boston that much. Got a little bit of concern about uh, Jalen Brown and that laceration on his shooting hand, uh, but we can talk about that a little bit later. I want to really hit on the Lakers who won their play-in game um, against Memphis. So that's going to be the 2-7 matchup in the West. 
Uh, I'm looking at the Lakers as being basically the best team guys in the NBA since the all-star break. They are 15 and seven. They have the best record in the NBA. Uh, Memphis, on the other hand, a lot of, a lot of teams are throwing out Memphis as this defensive juggernaut who can shut down the Lakers. I'm just not buying it. You know, they've got a great defensive rating, but the Lakers with LeBron James and the way that Anthony Davis is playing right now, people are kind of sleeping on AD. And we talked about him a little bit earlier, dude, when the guy is healthy, he can destroy people. And he's had an amazing year. He's averaging 26 and 12 on the season. And LeBron James, you know, what can we say about him? He's not scared about Memphis. Okay. So while Memphis has a, a great defensive rating, they don't have Steven Adams, which Steven Adams, which is the only guy on that team, which is has substantial uh playoff experience. And so he's injured. You got Triple J, who I respect. You think Triple J is gonna be able to stop Anthony Davis? Maybe on a couple of plays, mm. but he's also gonna get into foul trouble. Not, not consistent because you don't have Steven Adams there. And so the way I look at that series is Darvin Ham is going to dare these guys to shoot threes because Memphis has proven that they are very inconsistent in terms of shooting the three ball. Again, very elite on defense, but they go through these shooting slumps, which are not conducive to like having like this a, a successful playoff run. And so I do think Memphis is going to get a couple of games here. Okay. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't look at me and say, Oh, JG thinks that this is going to be a sweep break out the brooms for the <laughs> Lakers. You guys all know by now I am not a Lakers fan, but I do believe that the Lakers will win this series. I do believe it will go at least six, but um, I, I think that Darvin Hammond is a great coach. The Lakers again, Lakers are playing really, really good defense since the all-star break. So I do have the Lakers winning the series. They're going to dare uh, Memphis to shoot threes. And I think I, I just don't trust Memphis at the end of the day to make their shots. I mean, this, these two teams are really close. They aren't that far apart in all the stats, um, the defensive sides, block shots, the seals per game are your two biggest differences that Memphis is better at. Look, if I saw if we saw LeBron playoff preview in that last game of the season, and that's what he's going to come out to be, this is good. Yeah, this is easily a six game series. Um, but I also think that Memphis is going to be playing mad and angry from last year's performance that they ended up losing. John Morant going out. I think John's going to come out here and toe to toe with LeBron on points. I think I think you're going to see really high scoring points there, and I, I think it is. I think it comes down to. <clears throat> What does AD do down low? If they stop AD, Lakers will lose. If AD comes out here and has maybe three 30-plus point games on top of LeBron, maybe doing twenty to, or 25 to 30-plus as well, I think the Lakers take it. But I think it's a six-game series easily because they really aren't that far off from each other. Yeah, on points, I agree with you, Tanner, as far as between Morant and LeBron. LeBron. Uh, makes sense on, on points at least, but I think LeBron can can do more. When it, when it matters yeah. so i mean yeah yeah i i think that this is one of those things where um like i said you have a team like the lakers who have struggled over the past couple of years kind of in a rhythm right now and starting starting to gel a little bit better 
And it's it's not a sleeping giant by any means. It's not one of those situations like the Warriors have been in the past. <laughs> it's not like that, you guys. Um, but it is a good situation for the Lakers to see unfold because I think they're facing a team that they're very capable of uh, dominating when it when it needs to happen. So, I mean, I thought that that game yesterday was was an amazing comeback with LeBron and the way they played down the stretch of that game because they, they started off that whole thing against the T-Wolves and they were down right out the gate of that game. And you see them start to just kind of chip away at it. And next thing you know, it's overtime. And then, you know, end up winning 108 to 102. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was just a, a showing of of will in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. And I think that that's something that even at this age, I think LeBron's trying to prove to everyone still, even at this point, that you know, he's not just here for show, not here to just have a bunch of old dudes that he likes to hang out with together. I think he's wanting to win games. And especially now that they're, you know, right here at the at the playoff door they're wanting to kick it down they're wanting to make some kind of impact and make something happen out of it so uh yeah to me i mean i i like the uh the lakers in this one for sure as well yeah and i just think that like the lakers play good enough defense that you can throw a few different bodies mm-hmm. on john Morant because honestly guys that's that's the only guy that's gonna beat them like right like you got you're looking at the lakers you got to worry about anthony davis you got to worry about Austin Reeves. You got to worry about LeBron James. Schroeder can sp- score points. And so there are a lot of different threats on the Lakers, whereas on Memphis, you just got a bunch of streaky shooters alongside John ja Morant. So, um, but with that in mind, let's talk about the Western Conference. I want to know who you guys think is go- are going to win the West. So I'm looking at Caesars odds right now. Uh, Suns. Phoenix Suns, who I guys I told you guys should be the favorite. They are the favorite at plus 190 to win the West. The Warriors are plus 300. Denver Nuggets, to me, which is a little bit surprising, are the third best odds at plus 375. So I want to know you guys' thoughts uh, first on who you think should be the favorite to win the Western Conference. I mean... I'll start it out, guys. I actually have a surprising team coming out of this Western Conference. That's the Sacramento Kings. You got Golden State first up. You got to take on an already hard task there. And then you go to the winner of the Memphis-LA matchup there. Again, two teams that are really tough. And then you go out and face possibly, most likely, Phoenix, maybe maybe Nuggets uh, in that conference finals. And I think think all these teams... uh, below Sacramento are beatable. Um, even if, even if it's a Memphis Sacramento one, I think it's beatable. I think Sacramento comes out. They've been playing the most consistent ball of everybody. I feel like, and always hanging in there against good teams too. I think Sacramento, I think Sacramento comes out of the West this year. Well, to answer your question, who should be the favorite out of the West? Um, we're talking about on paper because you gave the odds and the true, on paper favorite in my opinion should be the golden state warriors um because we are fully aware of what and everything that they're capable mm-hmm. of doing at any given moment first of all this is a team that has a lot of pieces that has been a part of championship runs right correct i mean i think that that has a lot to say the suns have none of that um and you also I, have a healthy wiggins <clears throat> coming back for golden right state. you have healthy wiggins coming back my point is that you have a, you have guys that are experienced in championship runs on one side with the Suns team who's never had that before, other than Kevin Durant, he was also once a warrior himself. 
So to me, if I had to really look at everything, you know, side by side, I'm going to go, I don't care about the records. Screw the records. It doesn't matter to me. It's the NBA, guys. Shit doesn't matter till now. Literally now. Now it starts to matter. You know, it's all nonsense until this point. To me, this is a, this is the thing is that even though this season the Warriors are 0-3 against the Suns, I think the Warriors give a shit about that. No. The Warriors care about... The Warriors are the worst in the road than they have been at all the last few five years. And now they're going on the road majority of the time. I'm just telling you, once we get these, everything sets up and the playoffs is all underway fully, uh, Warriors are the, the last team you want to be worrying about facing right now. Um, and I'd put the Suns underneath them. So I'm going to go Warriors and Suns uh, in that order. Jason, did we get any confirmation so on Gary Payton Jr.? Wait a second. You think the Warriors are the favorite? And then you said the Suns after that? Yeah, because yeah, your Suns. question was, who should be the favorite? And I'm telling you, the Warriors should be the favorite. Not That's the very Suns. interesting. Is Gary That's Payton Jr. any news on him for the Warriors? No. He's still he's, out. Oh, he's fine. Oh, he's playing? Okay. Yeah, he's fine as far as I know. I mean, he's one of their best defenders. Um, Yeah, so insane. Yeah, Tanner, you you mentioned Sacramento first of all. I'm I'm going to help you out. I'm going to educate you a little bit on Sacramento before we go any further. So, you know, you've got Demonis Sabonis. He's going to do his thing. De'Aaron Fox is the head of the snake. Okay, and so my issue with De'Aaron Fox and going against the Golden State Warriors is that they've got too many different bodies, okay? So you've got a guy like Jonathan Kaminga, who, not a household name, but he's been getting more minutes lately. Mm -hmm. He's an elite athlete, and he's been actually scoring on the offensive side, but they've got a lot of bodies in Golden State, and so that's the matchup, the 3-6 matchup, Golden State versus Sacramento. Um, look at all the bodies that they can throw him in. Let's just assume that Andrew Wiggins is not healthy, right? Let's say he needs a couple more games. I personally think that he needs this whole series at least to get back into basketball shape. Let's just take him out of the mix. How many bodies do you need you need to throw on De'Aaron Fox to stop him? Well, let's see. You've got Kaminga, you've got um Jordan Poole, you've got Draymond Green. You've got Dante DiVincenzo. All these guys are dogs on the defensive side of the floor. Yeah. Okay. So that's all you need to do in a series with Sacramento is stop De'Aaron Fox because he is the head of the snake. And so there's just, there's way too much experience. I haven't looked up the odds on this series, but I can guarantee you that um, although they haven't played well on the road, which is the other thing that I need to address here. Um, everybody likes to talk about the fact that Golden State Warriors, they've shit the bed the entire season on the road, which is true. But Golden State is also the only team in the NBA that I can think of who can turn on the on switch during the playoffs. Not a lot of teams. I mean, you you go back historically, obviously the Chicago Bulls, um, you know, who, whatever team you want to throw out there, it, it's very limited in terms of the teams that can turn on the switch from the regular season to the postseason. Well, the Golden State Warriors are one, they're, they're one of those teams. I mean, they're a fucking dynasty. They don't really care that they haven't really done shit on the road this year. They really don't care, especially on a bus ride. 
that they have to take up to Sacramento to kick right? the living shit out of those assholes. Do you really think they care about that? No. I so, don't care about the road record. It doesn't matter, especially in this particular series. I think I think who comes out of the West and the favorite of the West is the winner of the series. So, but I picked the Keens to pick a team who's been more consistent. That's why I picked the Keens. I still think the Warriors Keens, whoever wins this series, is your favorite to come out of the West. So that's amazing. That's amazing that you you guys both agree that Golden State should be the favorite. Why would we count them out? You know, I just I did the math, right? So like I understand there's a lot of different things going on here. So we got to look at defense. We got to look at regular season points per game. I I just wanted to add up the top four players, the top four point scorers on both of those teams between the Suns and the Warriors. And here's what I came up with. So you take Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, CP3, DeAndre Ayton. Those are the top four point scorers on the Suns. And then you go with Clay, Steph, Jordan Poole, and Wiggins on the Warriors. It comes out to Suns 89 versus Golden State 88. And I understand that's, that Wiggins is not 100% right now. So I'm still coming out with the Suns as being the favorite hmm. on paper. And when you add in the championship pedigree and Steve Kerr and, and all of this shit, that that's where I, if I'm going to place, I'm going to place a bet on the Golden State Warriors. But to me on paper, the Suns are still the better team because they have Kevin Durant. And at this point in their careers, I still think Kevin Durant is a better player than Steph Curry. Um, you know, CP3, He's kind of a wild card, and, and I think that's where Mike. See, that's that's, that's where you're where fucking Mike, up right now. That's where Mike comes in. But although although CP3 is down this year in field goal percentage, he's still averaging 14 points per game. And so when I add up all of their 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 points per game, and, and again, we always talk about the Suns. Like, what did they have to give up to get Kevin Durant? Well, they gave up a shitload. Therefore, they don't have too much depth. But when you get to the playoffs, depth doesn't matter as much because you're not playing back-to-backs. Right. You get more rest. And so to me, on paper, the Suns are still the better team. But if, if I'm going to make a bet right now, you know, you guys are just like, oh, JG, he's out there fucking playing both sides of the fence. Well, for your information, I'm a fucking Warriors fan, okay? So, like, I'm always going to root for them because I want to see that dynasty move on. But to me, the Suns should win. Uh, but, you know, when I look at a guy like Jordan Poole and then Wiggins, that Wiggins is the factor. And so those are the two things that you, we're going to be matching up as we go forward through the playoffs. How do those two things offset? Is CP3 really an old, decrepit player? And is Andrew Wiggins really that far out of shape or can he can he get himself back into basketball shape i personally you guys know me i don't trust cp3 i mean no, the dude no. i mean he what is he 38 years old he's not going to be healthy yeah, Scott why would you expect him to be healthy he disappears in big playoff moments yes yeah, and so, so here, like, like here's the thing I, your, your stats are a lot of fun i like that i like hearing about the stats like and you brought up the exact x factor that i was ready to talk about was cp it was chris paul you know you brought up the fact that chris paul uh, you know He's around. He's a, he exists. Yeah. The fact he exists itself is the problem itself as well. Playoff Chris Paul 
is not normal Chris Paul you see in the regular season. I've witnessed this and I've watched a lot of Suns games over the last few years. And this is a different type of person that comes to play when it comes to the playoffs. The guy literally falls apart and acts like he forgets to play basketball half the time. It's absolutely insane. And I know Clippers fans out there have watched him play and felt the same way. As the Suns found out getting to watch him play for the last three years, it is bullshit. <laughs> like it's the most frustrating thing in the entire world watching CP3 go out there and do the dumb shit he does in the playoffs. And that's my point is that we can sit here and go 89 to 98 or, or 89 to 88. And that's awesome. I love stats. I love that kind of stuff, but we're forgetting the X factor of what a bum Chris Paul is in the playoffs. I just, I hate to bag on CP three because you guys don't even understand the dude has been washed for like three or four years. Uh-huh. Like, and I, I've been telling you guys three. this for three. years and we all thought that he was going to do something on the Rockets, and we all thought he was going to do something on the Clippers. Um, dude, the dude is washed, and I, I feel sorry for him because um, he, he's not like a difference maker. But again, I still believe that in the playoffs, the depth doesn't matter as much, and I, I still believe that the Suns could that, pull this that thing off. That part's true. That part's but true. I, if I'm making a bet, I'm going Warriors here because just like Jordan Poole, He's been getting more minutes this year. Jordan Poole's averages are up. Like, we we thought Jordan Poole was a stud last year. Jordan Poole is ready to break out. Okay, mm-hmm. he's averaging 20 points per game, and Wiggins is not there. So you got to get a little bit more production in the playoffs this year versus right. last year from a guy like Jordan Poole. So you, you think he's great averaging 20 points per game in the regular season? Jordan Poole doesn't give a shit about the regular season. So – He's already transitioned his mindset to guys like Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. They do not give a fuck about the regular season. They don't give a shit no. about losing on the road in the regular season. You know why? Because they won the championship last year. Okay? So they're gearing up for the playoffs. And unfortunately for you Kings fans out there, and I I sort of consider myself a, a Kings fan because I was five years old when the Kings left Kansas city, they're oh. actually my home team. Um, I'm not on board with that shit. One more thing, Tanner, we got to talk about the Denver nuggets. Hold on. Hold because... on here. We, get, we got a couple comments real quick around this sun stuff. Oh no. <laughs> light went out. Uh, Scott wants to know the suns won't get to the Western conference finals. And then he goes because of oh. CP three. And then he also says, JG, how did Durant do against a tough minded defensive team in the playoffs last year? Well, last year is kind of an anomaly because KD was kind of a one-man show on the Brooklyn Nets because you had him, you had Kyrie. Right. The, the Nets are a had, different topic, a different different situation. No, it, it's the a different Nets, topic. The, the I'm Nets just, were a disaster. I'm just saying that when you're a guy like Kevin Durant and you have to carry your whole the whole team on your back against the Milwaukee Bucks team or whoever the what fuck you want to throw out there, it's not going to end well. And so like, I don't really care about what Kevin Durant did on the nets because that was like basically a dumpster fire of a bunch of of star players that didn't really mesh together. I mean, Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie, they go, they go great together as best friends, not so much on the basketball court. So it's a completely different story this year, guys with Devin Booker and uh, Deandre. And so, 
Yeah, if you guys have noticed, if you guys have watched the Kevin Durant, Booker, and everything combined since he's become a son, um, they they mesh extremely well together. I mean, I'm I'm loving the way that Durant and Booker and Aiden and everybody else is like, and obviously Chris Paul is Chris Paul in this situation. He's literally the facilitator. Um, but I, I think that they mesh extremely well, and I think a lot of it has to come from the mentality of guys like Booker because he's got he's Booker. All he gives a fucking shit about is winning games. It's all he cares about. Booker's not a selfish player by any means, but you know, we give an opportunity to go out in there and throw up numbers. Of course he will. Uh, I think that's what makes him so special. You don't have egos and the same reason that Kyrie might not be meshing with uh, over there at the Mavs. Um, Kyrie just maybe doesn't mesh well with a lot of different guys and on the court, at least. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know. Meanwhile, you got guys like Booker out there. You, throw Durant in there and they act like they've been playing together for 10 years. You know, it's, it's natural. Yeah. And so I think that's part of the thing to think about, but the Nets thing was a dumpster fire. I totally agree with that. So right, right quick before we end this Western conference discussion, a lot of people want to hit on the nuggets, please for the life of me. Do not take that bet at plus three seventy five for them to win the West. Um, this team doesn't have it, dude. Nikola Jokic. He's basically like, I don't really know the difference between him and Luka Doncic, really, because neither one of the motherfuckers played defense. And so when you get to the playoffs, you must play defense, okay? Nikola Jokic, he's a liability on the defensive side of the floor. I appreciate what Jamal Murray is doing this year, averaging 20 points per game in the regular season. That That's not going to get it done. They do not have enough. They don't play good enough defense. There's no advantage playing in the high altitude with this team, it's not going to happen. So, yes, they are the number one seed. I do not want you guys to bet a single dime on these guys to win the Western Conference. It's not going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if, God forbid, the Minnesota Timberwolves stroll in there with that fucking eight seed and win that series. Do you know what the Nuggets have, though? They have a national championship Sitting there coming off the bench. Mr. Ryan Braun of Rock Chalk Nation, baby. Killing it. Okay. Are you Christian Brown? Christian is that, Brown. Is that what you're going with? I'm stuck in baseball mode. I just That's left great. Milwaukee. I was going to say That's Ryan Braun. I know that. Ryan Braun from, from Milwaukee. Braun. Yes. Yeah, I think it's pronounced Christian, Christian Brown. 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 You're close, Brown. Tater. You're close. <laughs> Look, like, the, the other day I called uh, uh, the like, draft or uh, – on spring training it was training camp i called it spring training because it was in baseball mode so people do that yeah it's i get it seasons man yeah i mean it's I, ryan brown that's pretty gosh. good <laughs> I, was like, I was all excited i was like too. Shit, he plays two i'm sports gonna talk now. about christian brown and i'm gonna say ryan brown could so, you imagine that though i mean have you heard about all the shit that people have been talking about rudy gobert and the fact that the timberwolves are a better team if he's not even fucking playing meanwhile they traded five first round draft picks to acquire Rudy Gobert. Ruined it. Could you imagine those assholes rolling into Denver and winning that fucking first round series? I mean, like I'd pay it's, to see that. It's possible. I'd pay to see that. It's possible because Denver's not that good. I'd pay to see that. That'd be hilarious. So we'll see what happens there. I think, you know, you gotta wait on that uh the the result of that Thunder Pelicans matchup. The Pelicans. winner the winner of that is going to play the Timberwolves. Yeah. So Pellies are up right now, 63 57 and a half. Bottom line is the Timberwolves live to fight another day. They do. So they do. Bring those uh 
big bar fighters and big swinging dick sticks to the next round, you know, because they all like to fucking punch each other. Maybe they'll get fired up. You know, maybe when you get a, maybe when you get into a fight on the bench, maybe that fires your team up. And then you go into the first round and beat the living shit out of the Denver Nuggets. I don't know what's going on. What did the guy do? He broke his hand as well for walking out in the bench or something. Yeah. And that, and that's the tragic part. That's more tragic than Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Because he was one of the best defensive players in the entire NBA. The guy that busted his fucking hand and he's not going to fucking play. I just, I don't like the fact the Lakers ended up uh, coming back against them so much. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of off the T Wolves bandwagon on that stuff. Can't, I can't get down with it. That's all. I I can't. It's not my my thing. We can't get down with either one of those teams that win a championship. So who gives a shit? (laughs) Right. That's what I said to the guy earlier at Old Chicago. We only care. I was like, dude, I was like, all this, all this play out the play in nonsense. Who gives a shit? What do we care about on this show? What do we care about? Rings. Rings. Fucking rings. Right there. About fucking rings. Rings. I don't don't care about eights and nines and tens. Fuck the play in. Fuck the play in. I don't care about any of this nonsense. It's filler. It's filler. It's it's the same thing that McDonald's puts in your sandwiches, Tanner. It's the filler. It's like sandalwood (laughs) and stuff. They just, they stuff it with random bullshit. Just to make it look a little thicker than it really is. And that's the NBA playoffs for your fucking ass. Will, will you next time just use Culver's? They do, yeah. Culver's, whatever, man. They, whatever they, they I'm talking about McDonald's, I know quality, for a fact. High quality. They put in sawdust in that shit to make it look thicker. That's they, what they do. They do, they do stuff <laughs> random. They do stuff random toxins inside of that food. They to make also, it look bigger than it really is. Well, and that's the NBA no, playoffs. But that's, <laughs> but that's to my next point. They, they do insert Lord. random toxins into the food. But they also insert random other substances to give you a giant cock, and oh. so that's I think that's worth the trade off. Do you get that from Trader Joe's, or how do how do you how do you gotta go? For no, that it's one? in the fast food, man. Like Scott, wow, Scott, gives you a big cock, but it also has toxins in there. Scott says all well, this talk doesn't matter. Milwaukee or Boston are winning it all, so that's who they got. So Scott has. Well, he just likes uh, he likes good defense. Then that's all he cares about. That, some defense. Well, yeah. So if yeah, we're not going to hit on Milwaukee versus Boston I can't, right now. I can't today. I can't. We don't know if that's going to happen, but I, <laughs> like I, I will. I will tell you guys keep an eye on the the injuries that are going on on those two teams because I do not feel like Chris Middleton is a hundred percent, and I sure as fuck know that Jalen Brown is not hundred percent because you know if if we end up seeing that in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like it, it, it may not ever happen, guys. It might be Philly coming out of there yes, we, because we I, about- I don't think Middleton is ha- is healthy. I don't think Jalen Brown is healthy, but I do think that Philly is healthy. The, maybe that's where you should put your money right now. Philadelphia is the favorite. I throw some we talk Philly. about the West every damn day. It seems like, but we don't ever talk about the East. We can have more East because next week. Next week, more East. So more guys, East. make sure you check us out Saturday for In the Hoop. I'm sure we'll be talking some playoff ball or something. So. Of course, of course. But Scott Cobe. Um, so we are what so is it? It can't be Boston. We are right at uh two weeks before the NFL draft. Yeah. Right, guys. So a lot to be excited about, guys. Means we're gonna have two more shows before the draft. One's gonna be here, one is also gonna be at Limitless Brewing Company on the Tuesday before the draft. That'll be April 25th for you guys out there listening. 
I've already got some friends that are planning on coming by to watch and hang out and check it out. And we're going to have uh, hopefully some speakers set up next to us and all that kind of stuff. Come have some awesome beers. We're actually well. going to have a guest mic if you all yes. want to participate. Guest mic. Well. We have some, maybe some trivia for you guys. You know, we're not going to just do a one hour show necessarily. We're, we're going to be there to hang out with the, with the peeps. You know what I'm saying? If you guys have been following us for a while, you guys know all about our days back at the old the old bar down the road uh you know that that closed down <laughs> i don't know what happened over there maybe we scared everyone away um but it's too good it was yeah we're just too good we're just too yes. good and they, they realized we need to have a bigger space and they wanted to rent this house to us so. if nick bodkin's going to be on the show no not, no he will not be here yet he'll be the arriving the day of so the day of, well, who arrives the day of nick if you're listening, he's, he's like two or three hours away, dude. He lives near St. Louis area. He's not well, far. Okay, get your ass up at like seven. Get your ass here on time, and then we can go to the draft. We're gonna we're gonna have some footage. We'll have some footage. With I mean, we'll have Nick on a Nick show Bodkins. for sure. So, well, we need to be there kind of early, you guys. I hope you're. I hope you took a day off work. You know, didn't like the rest you, of us did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like if off. we have Nick Nick Botkins on the show, we're going to be talking about Aaron Rodgers that whole fucking day. Because <laughs> we'll keep bringing on the day up. of the draft. On the day of the draft, we're still going to know where that fucker is so, going to play. Didn't you guys have year. another topic you want to talk about outside of sports? Um, yes, yes, we did. I I had it going. I don't know. I mean, maybe you have an idea. I, it's like one of those things like okay know, Tana, yeah, have you ever gotten, have you ever gotten it, excited it. or whatever about something and you get like a little excitement boner right you get a little excitement boner about something and then here's the thing boners don't last forever and then you know unless you have a problem and then eventually they dwindle away that's kind of how i felt i've about got this. it dude the longest, i've got it yeah go ahead. go ahead yeah so what's the longest streak of days that you've gotten drunk before you stopped <laughs> So, you know, who who better to lead off with that shit than the JG? So I would say that I I know I've gone six days in a row without being sober. I know that for a fact. But at some point, when you get to that seventh day, do you really remember? Do you really do you is that when you stop keeping track? Or is no, that when you stop are keeping we, track? Are we just count as like any sip of alcohol? Like, because... Are we talking like a couple of drinks, or are we talking about? No, but like I, being I, I think like any sip of alcohol counts towards this. So like, I'm talking. Let, let's. You've just... had any sip of alcohol for a certain amount of days. Yeah, it let's, counts. It counts yeah. towards the day. Let's, even a sip. Let's just set the minimum at like four drinks. Okay, I want to four set the drinks. Four drinks. See, now we're changing the goalpost. The whole thing. I, I will tell you that I've had four to five drinks per day six days in a row no doubt and sure. on the seventh day okay. i probably don't even fucking remember what happened after that so that's my <laughs> point my point is are you are you physically or mentally able to keep track after that six day because i i don't think i could i think i've only gone six days and then i was sober on the seventh but how how can i really quantify that i don't remember that let's, shit. let's play both parties what about just having a having drink? just a even even a like a sit like if, if you had this little sip right here, that would count towards like you had a, some form of alcohol that day. No, that's not the topic. But I know that's, that's what I'm trying to say. You said how many days did you get drunk <laughs> before talking, you saw? I'm talking about getting drunk. Getting oh, getting drunk. How many days in a row getting did drunk. you get drunk before you had a day okay. when you did not get drunk? And so, I'm telling so, you, oh, okay. I promise you, I went six days at some point. But I, 
getting it, drunk a certain amount of days in a row. I, I'm telling you, after that sixth so, day, you don't care and you stop keeping track. When the Chiefs won the Super Bowl in 2020, I was, I mean, 2020, <laughs> that was kind of the kickoff to the whole to a whole shit show over a year anyway. Is that when you got your uh, stomach pumped at the hospital? <laughs> That never happened. That never happened. Oh yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's yeah. classified information. I forgot. Picture. I wasn't supposed to say that. On oh, that's uh, Scott. I'll ask that. <laughs> no, but we'll talk about that shit there, later. So, the, the early 2020, obviously, the Chiefs were going through their playoff run, and I th and I just got a new car, and I was also going out to bars because I was newly single, and I think just being a big idiot at times. And yeah, I I was pretty much throughout the whole playoff run. I think I, I think pretty much it. getting drunk at the whole the whole like playoff every day drunk. Uh, I think this, so. This is what we're talking about every day. If we're talking like, about drunk, I mean, like I said, drunk, I was like, coming out of a like you thing. Hit, you and hit then, the tipsy mode, right? Well, I mean, what is drunk? He said four drinks is the thing. four drinks. So four drinks every day for like let's say for four weeks. Is that? I don't know. If every I, day. I don't know if I did that every day for four weeks. It was the Chiefs playoff run, man. I was just trying to be crazy, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't think I've gone ever more than six days. I because because once once I, I get to that once I get to that seventh day, there's like a trigger. <laughs> we don't remember. No, there's a trigger in my mind that's like, okay, if you if you go to that seventh day, you're a fucking alcoholic. You should probably stop. <laughs> and, that, and that's what I did. I was like, okay, alcoholic. No, I am going to stop on that seventh day, and I am not uh, going to drink. I'm gonna say January of 2020. I probably went a solid 20 days in a row. That, that's my guess. January 2020. Oh, that's, that's crazy. Probably dude. probably Damn. a solid 20 days in a row. Somewhere around there. I don't know, man. Uh, at some point, I probably took a day off. But you know, some people go a year. <laughs> but then, but then the go. Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and then it was like it had another whole like week worth of other stuff, and then I finally tapered. Hey, off man. A bit. Some people but then, go. But then COVID happened, and then I was like, well can't do shit might as well get drunk so you know this yeah. started a whole new phase hey man some some people go months some people go years i'm just happy you only had to have your stomach pumped uh, once that's all i can say because no i'm not no yeah we always talk about would you drag your friends out of jail or pay their bail or whatever that bullshit is i'm not trying to drag you out of the hospital one more than one time after you had your stomach pumped so scott thinks Six drinks triggers drunkenness. Scott, we're not well, here, here's talking the thing. drinking domestics. What it, what I was gonna say, what categorizes as a drink to Scott? Because how many I mean, drinks I'm in. I so, yeah. I'll, I'll put it this way: I don't drink Bud Light, Coors Light, that kind of stuff. Like if I'm gonna drink something, I'm gonna drink normally like some kind of a seven percent IPA. At wine, least wine counts. Sure, I'll, wine. I'll stick with wine. Yeah, but here's the thing: they wine and hard no, liquor. No, hold is on. Good. Wine is technically five ounces is a serving. But well, it, not yeah, I'm talking about drinking a half a bottle or a full bottle or something. Full bottle like of that. wine. Full bottle of wine would be the, so, the one that would fit this category, I think. I'm going probably no more than six. I'd say five days for me. All right. Um now so hold on. Mike, you were Mike, just out of town. Mike is the big while. winner. But I wasn't drunk every day. I didn't get drunk. But there was day. two days for sure. You were shit. Oh yeah. No. But the, now, but you said you drank every day. You drank every day. I right? drank every day. But I didn't have more than oh, four. But he said, "See, Tanner, that's what I'm Shit. talking about." Is his, I, I, had, the, I did have more than four drinks every day. That's, that's what I mean. So he, that would have been made the question hard. That would have been. I didn't make six, it hard, man. Six. But you just did that last weekend. Yeah, I just did that last week. Which man. means he's he trying just, to say he's no. no but I, I wasn't drunk Thursday. Answer. I wasn't. I'm drunk trying to give you as an honest. I said twenty days. 
So, okay. Four drinks are more in a row for 20 days. I did just, that shit. just to clear up any confusion, Tanner just gave you the official answer. He said five days. JG said six. Mike said 20. That is the official score. Mike is the big winner. Got his stomach <laughs> pumped up out there, out in the hospital after he got drunk 20 days in a row. I got six days in a row, and Tanner got five. I so. just pissed it all up my dick. I mean, I didn't get anything I pumped. I just, I don't, four drinks or more, it would have been six. Now, now I just said that Mike is the big one. I don't really know who won. That That's the problem. Like, this is probably a bad course, contest all I'm gonna that you say should be is, having. I feel like we won, JG. You think um, we won? Look, well, I, I came in second place. I can't just, no, I can't. But here's the thing. I can't say Tanner over here, who literally <laughs> this last weekend hit that mark. Has, that's his Wait, most ever. No, no it is five. A, it is five. But, it, but Tanner, Monday he's, through Friday. we're talking about the most ever. That is not your most ever of having four or more in a row. Yeah, you're right. That's it's the not, question. It's not. <laughs> I mean, that's the <sighs> thing. You just did that last weekend. I, I would say that the bottom line is, is that four, four Bud Lights do not count. When I said four... <laughs> When I said four, that's like a, sure, a full, four. that's a full glass of wine or a full glass of hard liquor. I'm talking about four like big dick. Six and a half, six, seven percent. I want four I'm, big dick drinks, not these little sissy January beers. of 2020 for me, throughout the Chiefs playoff run, before we won the Super Bowl, I hit 20 days in a row. I'm going to go ahead and call 20 days in a row. That's pretty. That's roughly my number. I could be off that's by a day. That's impressive, man. But yeah. what's more impressive is that you're not an alcoholic and you accomplished that. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, well, dude. You fucking went because... dry. How many days did you go dry last month? You went dry the whole month, didn't you? Oh, 27 days. I'm so proud of you. How many man. days? Good. No, I, 20 days. Get out of here, dude. What? Hey, man. 16 freaking days. Well, that is a little more than that. I'm so proud but of in you. A row, but that beats what I said about January. I said dry January. Next thing you, you know, I'm not drinking dude. water. You went dry for a whole month. I'm so proud of you. You have no idea shit, what that means dude. to me. Such like, I'm false. so proud of you for doing that shit. Well, I've done that, you know, a few times. Ridiculous. You got to do what you got to yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, I thought that, yeah. What's your, what's your point? No, you just got to. Well, my point <laughs> is, is like some people need to stop. And that yeah. a good way to stop is to start drinking that fucking N, those NAs. NA beers. Oh, NA beers. Times. Yeah, that's there's some good NA beers out there. The uh, oh, there's amazing Sam NA Adams beers IPA is a good oh, one. The Guinness, I'm hooked on the Guinness, man. All right, guys, drink the Guinness every day. The Guinness, do you drink any of these every day? Uh, well, yeah, for a while, but that ended. That ended today, so <laughs> I didn't do that shit today. I mean, I no, we went with the real shit. You're the one that's going to Vegas. Why are yeah, you asking me all these fucking questions? You're the one that's going to Vegas. You should be hammered right now. Don't ask me these. I'm like Hal McRae back in the day. Why are you asking me these stupid fucking questions? Just asking you about the <laughs> You guys remember the, the Royals manager, Hal McRae? Back yeah. in the day. Look up that YouTube video. That was oh, amazing. Amazing video. All right, guys. Let's yeah. this. Just throwing let's shit all. Look up Hal McRae on YouTube. I just want to know why you're asking me all these stupid fucking questions right now. I don't understand it. Well, let's get to day 30, man. Maybe break all a right, record. All right, let's 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 wrap this up, guys. So, break a record. Oh, we sometimes. don't want to wrap it up. I want to talk about how shitty the Denver Nuggets are. No, I'm not <laughs> talking about that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, guys. Make okay. sure. Yeah, Tanner, go ahead. Please steal okay. away from me. 
Make sure you catch us on Saturday of In the Hoop with JG, myself, and Scott. We'll be going over some playoff basketball and possibly a couple other topics. Uh, and then next Wednesday, guys, we will be here in the studio, uh, still bringing draft content. So we got a lot still to come uh, before the draft day. So, by the way, Tanner, this is all your fault. I was about to wrap this damn thing up, and then you were like, wait a minute, we got one more topic. Look, you know what? Look, so, no, here's the thing. If I didn't bring it up, or if you didn't bring it up, then I'd have to hear it from you guys, because we didn't no, talk about a buffoon topic. I'll, no. I'll see you guys on the <laughs> next one. Outro. Yes. JG out. <laughs>